The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. And joining me now, Jay Walker, my friend, voice of the Raging Cajuns. Has it? Were you in studio two weeks ago? Yes. I James Butler was here. That's right. Was that's right. That he hung out with us. That's yeah. right. It just feels like he it's wanted, been a while. He wanted to know why we hated Duke. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then we... We told them, and then they went out, and and they lost to UNC. Yeah, I got my uh, my T shirt came in yesterday, the Coach K funeral T shirt. Oh, yeah, almost wore it this morning. You <laughs> so you got one of those barstool ones. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I was gone last Tuesday morning. We, you know, I hadn't talked to you in two weeks, and we're not. I, we're not. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the Final Four, but. Two great games, mm-hmm. one stinker that it, it was what it was, but incredible atmosphere, great for the states. City was popping. It was awesome. This is one of the better Final Four, and then the backstory, obviously, of of Coach K sure. and everything. It was, I mean, that was that was one of the better Final Fours in recent memory. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. The um, you know the championship game was was terrific. You know, I think. You know, for for all the making fun that we do of Charles Barkley, man, he was so spot on in his analysis. You know, he said, look, he said, Kansas is going to win this game and it shouldn't be close. And then Carolina had the big lead in halftime. He said, it's, it's a horrible game plan, horrible game plan. Here's what they need to do. They need to go play fast. And they did, they and, got, it, yeah. and they got it, and they got it done. And so, you know. They were pushing it in the second half. Anytime they got a rebound, it was like race. Yeah, race. and and you know that's what he expected them to do from the beginning, and they didn't do it. And so you know, kudos to Barkley because he really had the analysis down spot on. And and I'll say this: Grant Hill, Raftery, and Nance—they're really good, man. They're really good. You know, Nance calls the play and gets out of the way, and they let Raftery and, and Grant Hill do their thing, and that's that's a solid team right there. And then Nance leaves New Orleans and goes to Augusta. Yeah. Where he tries really, really, really hard every year to make the winner cry. And Scotty Scheffler, one of his closest friends said this about him. He is the most boring person in the world, but in the best way. Basically being like, he's awesome. I love him. He's a good guy, but you're not going to get a lot of sizzle. And the guy's 25. He looks like he's like Jason Witten's little brother. He looks like he's like 40. And was incredible, like, from start to finish. Oh, he double bogeyed the last one. Yeah, it must be nice to double bogey the last hole and get a standing ovation. That's when you know you've been playing on another level. His caddy, a former foosball world champion, is from Lafayette. So there there were a lot of, of, you know, storylines from the Masters that kind of had me into it. But I just, I get, 
I get a laugh every year of Jim Nance in the clubhouse. He he puts it on so thick. And then you have Scheffler, who's just like the most, I don't even want to say stoic. I mean, like his friend said, kind of boring in terms of the personality. Like, yeah, just <laughs> go home and, you know, it's something I dreamed about. And then Jim's like, family, you said it. That moment you had with Meredith. For the Scheffler clan. I mean, to have this moment with them. I mean, he's like, and, and, and Scheffler's like, yeah, it was great. It was great, Jim. But can, but can you imagine, though, what it's like when CBS has the Super Bowl? You know, Nance does the Super Bowl in the, the second weekend in February. Then he goes and does March Madness. And then the next week he goes and does the Masters. I mean, for an announcer... That's he's he, it's, that's Nirvana, it's the, man. It's the dream gig. It is. Right it's there. the dream gig. It's the dream. Speaking gig. of dream gigs, congratulations to Joe Davis. Um, Joe Davis is the guy who replaced Vin Scully on the Dodgers TV broadcasts, and he's he has taken Joe Buck's place on Fox. There you go. And he will be the voice of the World Series. You know, he's still a relatively young guy. Hold on that thing. And they had a uh, they had a meeting, and, and the guys at Fox said, you know, we'd like for you to be the voice of the World Series. And and the and the waterworks just started. I mean, tears started rolling down the guy's face. And Joe Davis from is good, okay? He's really good. But from all accounts, is just a great human being. So happy for him. Um, you know, Buck's going to do some ESPN uh, baseball. But, um, yeah, Joe Davis is going to be the guy. It's pretty good gigs when you get them, aren't they? Yeah. You know, Buck had his for 25 years. And then ESPN came calling and waving a big check around. And, all right. Sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. Sounds good to me. That had to have been a tough decision, though, because it meant he was giving up the World Series. I okay. I, I mean, that, uh, money's money, and I get that. But and he's he's such a baseball dude. He is, and and so it was uh, that 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 couldn't have been an easy decision. I think he's. I think part of it too is he and Tregman are such close friends. They are. It was like follow my friend and do this. And yeah, for ESPN. It's Monday Night Football in terms of like who they can find to be the the right match. They were hot and cold. They, well, they were they were more cold than hot. They haven't really had it since Al Michaels. You right, know? right. And they they had this guy, and they had this guy, and they tried this guy. Um, you know, Buck's Buck's good in football, but Buck is really good in baseball, and uh, but Joe Davis is really good, so I that'll think, be good. I think Monday Night Football found something with Gruden for a little while, but not a play by play guy. Now they want you to forget that, obviously, because sure. you know Gruden and, and how he's viewed publicly currently. But they've never been able to just get. The total, the total booth, correct. And now you have it because it's a proven, it's a proven product. Yep, absolutely. And when you're look, Nance. I mean, I, I do. I get a kick out of him laying it on thick. But he, um, I, I like a little more. I would like a little more energy from him at times. But I also think he's, despite that. I mean, I, I think he's great at what he does. Yeah. I think he's really good at what he does. I think. Most of these guys that are on your A teams for these broadcasts, I mean, shout out Al Michaels, who's, you know, 77, and would, would do the Amazon Prime Thursday night football. Uh, he's a legend. I think he's maybe the best ever. But 
no matter what, fans are going to be critical because they're they're fans and it has to do with their team and, oh, they're saying this or they're biased or whatever. Is there a job that involves people being really, really good at something, but the vast majority of people that consume it don't really like them? It's a unique spot. It, it really is because I've, you know, I've really never heard anybody criticize Al Michaels, but they ripped Collinsworth. Okay. Oh, sure, sure. I've heard people be like, oh, he loved the 49ers or blah, 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 right. blah stuff like right. that. Right, exactly. Maybe he did. Um, you know, I have read so many things about people hating Joe Buck, oh. and I'm going, are you out of your mind? Oh, yeah. This guy's really good. And come to find out, deep down inside, it's not that it's not Buck, it's Aikman. Because Aikman was a cowboy, mm-hmm. okay? That automatically makes him polarizing, just like a lot of folks don't like Tony Romo, even though he's the best analyst in football. Yeah, I don't know, Jay. I don't know. <laughs> That's how he would say it. I don't know. I like I, I like Collinsworth, but um, it's uh, it's it's weird because, like, in your case, don't get me wrong. I, I know there's some people that don't like Jay Walker. And oh, there are a lot of people that and, don't and, like Jay and, Walker. And shame on all of them. But when you are an announcer for a specific, like... You with UL, uh, Chris Blair at LSU, uh, Todd Graffinini on the radio for the Pelicans, um, Joel Myers and Antonio Daniels on TV for the Pelicans. They're they're outstanding. Fan bases, there are some in the fan base that won't like a person, but for the most part, you are you are like because you feel like one of them. When you're in a national spot, it's it's totally different. I would guess, my guess is that Cardinals fans, when Joe Buck was doing all of their games, probably liked Joe Buck. But if somebody's just watching the World Series and he's not their guy, they're like, who's this guy? What is he doing? Why can't well, he? you know what the issue is with a lot of, um, you know, fans are fans, okay? And I think the criticism that drives me crazy when it comes to national telecasts. Oh, boy, the announcers sure are in favor of so-and-so because, well, why is that? Well, because there's a story there and they're talking about it and that's their job to do that. Or the team is outplaying your team. And so, and, and my response is always between you, and I'm going to use Joe Buck as an example, between you and Joe Buck, one of you is prejudiced toward one team. I'll give you a chance to guess who that is. Right, right. Right, that's how it is, and and typically for a fan, they they don't. It's not when they're saying good things about their team, they're not like, awesome. He's saying good things. It's like, well, yeah, of course. They're saying good things about the other team. It's like, what are they doing? Yeah, you know. Oh, Gary Danielson hates LSU. <laughs> Florida fans probably say the same thing about Gary. That is absolutely true. Probably say the same thing. Um, it's it. Listen, man. It's a job that so many people want to get. It's a job that the best of the best are really good at. And it's odd because it's a job that the more, majority of people that consume it don't, don't, actually like, don't actually like the people there. They, I, don't know, I don't know if there's anything quite like it. I, uh, Mark Etheridge over at D1 Baseball, you know, I, on Twitter, why do you hate Oregon State? Why do you hate? Sure, sure. You know, and it's like, oh, hey, and his response is, I hate everybody. Right, right. You know? Collinsworth said that years ago. He said he used to 
talk to fans and be like, no, I don't, I don't hate your team. And he said, after like eight years of that, he got so sick of it that now when he's in a city and people are like, oh, why do you hate, you know, you're in Pittsburgh. Why do you hate the Steelers? Like I, because I just hate them. He just says that now. Like, oh, you played for the Bengals. Why do you hate the Bengals? Like, of course he doesn't hate the Bengals. He's like, I just, I hate, I, I hate you guys. So just deal with it. He said he just started doing that. And then people get more mad. Like I knew it. And he's like, believe me, it saves me a lot more time than trying to talk to some of them. Sure. You know. because because there's no talking to those people. Yeah, they're, they're you know. ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports. Uh, Rage Cajun baseball and softball scheduled to play this evening. Um, there is some weather in the forecast. Not sure if these games are going to take place tonight, Jay. Um, I'll be very surprised if we play tonight. Now I will plan to play tonight till they tell me otherwise. Sure. But I will be I will be very surprised if that game gets in this evening. I, I do have good news, and that is the elevator is fixed at Rousseau Park. How sore have you been just walking up and down those steps? Well it's a trek. You know, surprisingly not. You know, it's it's everybody said, man, you know, the the day after your legs must get no. That had that hadn't been the case. It's just hard traversing seventy six steps, especially on the first day of the series when you're lugging forty pounds of equipment. I'm thinking about the equipment, and you know, and you're going, you're making more than one trip for each game. Now, I did figure out how to make that a little bit easier, and that is that I would. Um, I wouldn't get to the ballpark if the equipment's already set up. I wouldn't get to the ballpark till it was time to interview Coach Deggs, and we do that two and a half hours before the game. Mm-hmm. And so after I do that, I'd go upstairs and then I'd, I'd just stay there, and, and and I only had to make one trip. But it uh, it's not been easy, and I, you know I I have felt really for the folks that are either in the suites or in the club level that are older and have trouble that need the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got it now. Um, and I made the, I was in the bullpen yesterday. I was at the office and and I was talking to somebody and I said, well, the elevator is fixed. And I heard Sully go, what? And so, you know, said, who told you that? I said, dude, don't take my word for it. Go see for yourself. About 10 minutes later, comes back. He said, it works. It works. It's a good thing. And, and, and there's Sully. You know, he's got to bring all his stuff up. Then he's got to go get like cases of water and soft drinks and Lots bring those upstairs. Back and forth. Oh no, it's a lot of trips, trips back and forth. And so, yeah, glad it's uh, glad it's working. Well, as of now, they're scheduled to play tonight against McNeese at six. Uh, Maybe rained out. We'll see. Thursday, Friday, Saturday against ULM. It's uh, Easter weekend, so it's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday setup. Cajun softball scheduled to play at Southeastern tonight. If uh, any news breaks on either of those, obviously, we will let you guys know over at uh, ESPNLafayette.com and on social media. Yeah, Scott finds out before everybody else. I find out pretty early. Find out uh, Sometimes you find out first. Well, I, and if I find out, uh, the first thing I do is contact you. Which I appreciate. Um, yeah, sometimes you'll contact me or maybe Bab or someone. And then an hour later, the SID will be like, just so you know, and. I just say, I just give them a thumbs up. They don't realize that. Yeah, we've already we already got a story up, and everything's been out for like an hour. But that's it's it's boy, it's it's much nicer today to have all these 
means of communication to let people know. Like, what did they do back when you started in broadcasting and the game is rained out? Like, early in the day, not like when you're at the ballpark. How did you, like, alert everyone? Other than saying it on the radio. Other than saying it on it. the radio, that was it. Yeah, there was no there was no other way to do it. And if you're on the road, like, it's not like people are, like, thinking about the weather. Mm-hmm. Speaking of weather, it's pretty damn cold in Jonesboro Friday. Dude, how windy was it on Sunday, though? Sustained 25-mile-an-hour <laughs> winds gusting to 35. How? There were times that the flag was pointing straight up. Good Lord. But it was, it was really cold on Friday because the high temperature Friday was 48 degrees. And then you get out there and you've got a 20-mile-an-hour wind and it's blowing straight out. And if unless you were in the dugout, you were catching that wind, and man, it was cold. And then, you know, Saturday, temperatures were in the, I don't know, the low 60s, I guess, at game time. And, and the wind was not as bad. The wind had died down. And then Sunday, gee whiz. You, you know, we had, to, we had to turn the crowd mic down all the way because all, all you were getting was wind. And so, you know, now you got no crowd noise. You're in a glassed-in press box with the other radio guy and the ESPN Plus guys. So you don't want to talk too, too loud. So, and, and I happen to read a miss, but boy, Jay sounds really subdued today. Well, yeah. You know, I, I did until, you know, guy got a base hit to drive in two runs in the 10th inning. Big moment. Big win. Sweep at Arkansas State. Um, you know, a couple of close games where they had to respond, and they did. Cooper Rawls, the uh, uh, National Collegiate Baseball Player of the Week. He's on the list this week. Had pitched two innings a week ago today. Now he's the Collegiate Baseball Player of the Week. I mean, that that performance against La Tech and then two innings of work on Sunday, the slider. I mean, this is a young man. People might, you know, probably remember his sister, Julie, who played mm-hmm. at UL softball. Mm-hmm. Um I know he likes to to sing country music and, and, and play the guitar. Coach Degg said yesterday, I'll just say this, he believes in himself. But do you remember a situation where a guy at this point in the season just came out on the mound, hadn't done much, and just suddenly was a national player of the week? Yeah, no. Um, you know, and boy, I'll tell you, and there's going to be, well, why didn't they pitch him earlier in the year? Because he wasn't ready. Okay, work while you wait, remember? And, you know, he went out his first two outings. There was nothing that suggested he needed to pitch anymore this year. But Seth Thibodeau continued to work with him, continued to work with him. There were times when he was not on the weekend roster, continued to work with him. And to the kid's credit, he kept working. And so he was given an opportunity. He made the most of it. So what happens? You get another opportunity. And, you know, I'm... Look, everybody thinks... Every parent thinks their kid is the best, okay? And when their kid's not playing, parents aren't happy. I'm sure that his parents weren't happy. Um, But... Now, he got a couple of opportunities, and to his credit, he made the most of them. But I give the coaching staff some credit there, too, because there was nothing that we saw in the first two appearances that lended itself to think that it was going to be what we've seen the last two appearances. But the kid worked. 
and good for him. And good for the coaches to stick with him. Chipper Menard is the scheduled starter tonight. Again, they may not be playing, uh, as we've said. And yes, that's a surprise. Who would you have, I mean, because Peyton Havard, his last few starts, we know what's happened. I asked Coach Bab last, you know, Wednesday after that performance. I was like, is he maybe not starting? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably where this is heading. Coach Degg said yesterday, I haven't given up on Havard at all. You will see him again. Um, but when they made that, and when they announced that last night, kind of like you, I, I didn't know who was going to be listed as a starter, but I was not expecting it to be Chipper just based on when we've seen him this year. I, I um, because they didn't use Dirk over the weekend. I thought that it would be Dirk, um, but you know, I I haven't seen Matt, so I haven't asked him. But I'm I know there's a method to his madness. I know he's not just going, oh, let's do this. You know, everything he does, he's got. There's something behind it. Okay, you know, I, I I've said this a couple times. I thought that the way they approached, and I'm talking about from a coaching standpoint, I thought the way they approached the Arkansas State Series was brilliant. Because if there's one thing that you knew about Arkansas State, by looking at numbers, looking at at film, looking at whatever, they're not a good defensive team. They're a bad defensive team, in fact. They're as bad a defensive team as I've ever seen calling the 30 years in Cajun baseball. So what do the Cajuns do? Five of the first eight guys bunt. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of them beat it out. And now you've planted a seed for the rest of the weekend that says, when we hit the ball on the ground, you better get rid of it quick because we can run. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they showed that in game one. So what happens in game two? You get a catcher throw the ball in the center field twice on steals. You have um, two infield errors set up by hurrying a throw because you're afraid that the guy's going to beat it out. And then, you know, and so they make 11 errors in three games, 10 in the last two, and it was all set up by Matt Degg's strategy on Friday. I thought it was brilliant. Well, they got the sweep. It's uh, ULM this weekend, Warhawks. I think four, maybe four, seven, and one in conference play. I think is. That, I was. Is I, I have to say, I was surprised that Troy swept him. Okay, I, I'm not surprised Troy won the series, but I'm surprised that that Troy got a sweep because those first two arms they have are pretty good, and they got a good guy at the back of the bullpen, and they've got some guys who swing the bat well. Who's leading the league? That would be Georgia State at ten and two. Who were their two losses to? That would be ULM in the first conference series. So the Warhawks are capable. I was surprised that Troy swept him over the weekend. I think I don't think this is going to be an easy series to sweep for the Cajuns because ULM is going to get up for the Cajuns because they're tired of hearing 30 out of 32 or whatever it is. Um, so they're, they're, they're going to be motivated to come in and play well. Um, I, I don't think the Cajuns can just throw their gloves out there and, and automatically win three games. They're going to have to work this weekend to get those. Cajun softball uh, scheduled tonight against Southeastern. Again, we'll see if they play. But at South Alabama, then 
a road trip through the Midwest. A road trip from hell. Let's talk about what it is here. All right? You fly to St. Louis. You're going to play the Billikens. And then you're going to drive to Illinois, play a couple of games there, drive to Indiana to play, drive to Boone to play three, and then fly home. Happy spring break, ladies. South Alabama is atop the Sun Belt. App State is third. UL is second. It's not just the the most rigorous road trip of the season. It's the most important road trip of the season if you just look at the standings. I mean... You know, South Alabama has five fewer games played than the Cajuns. Those games aren't going to get made up. Okay, they lost two games to weather in Boone over the weekend. That would be snow. Um, and then South Alabama had a, a terrible misfortune when they went to play Georgia State, which um, forced that series to be canceled. Um, I didn't hear what, what happened. I didn't hear about it. Evidently, they were staying at a hotel that, you know, fairly close to, to where they play. Not not the greatest area, okay? And on their floor the night before the first game, there was a murder-suicide. Jeez. Where a man killed his wife and then turned the gun on himself. Now, that would shake me up, let alone a bunch of 18 to 21-year-old young women. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to cancel the series, go home. They had counseling ready for them. I hadn't heard that. That's, yeah. That's and and Georgia Southern over the weekend, their series got canceled because the week before, they were in, a, they were in a, an accident involving their bus, and they had like six kids in the concussion protocol. So they, they couldn't play. So that series got canceled. And then South Alabama and App State, their two games there don't get don't get played. And I think it was, I think Georgia Southern was playing Coastal Carolina. So it's been a, a bit of a weird year in softball in that you've got teams that aren't coming close to playing all of the games. Well, the Cajuns have a whole bunch of them scheduled the next few weeks. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> they are really, really important to say the least. Talking to Coach Glasgow yesterday, he felt like this past weekend was was a turning point. Um he felt like they turned a corner, and I've always said this. What I what I appreciate about Coach Glasgow is some I, he'll just tell you what he's thinking. Yeah, he'll just tell you what he like. I like he wasn't telling me that because it's coach speak. I mean, I've I've had him on on Monday mornings where he's like, I didn't sleep last night. I'm disgusted. You know, we we played like this. We play, you know what I mean? Like so when he whatever he saw. Um, he felt like their 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 that turning point. He was just was talking about talked about sort of some of the distractions today and coaching this generation and and he, he brought up a point of sort of the challenges of it today. There's always been distractions. There are more, obviously, but he said with it's not just the social media; it's the lines of communication, right? So when you're trying to build a team, teaching a team to communicate with one another openly, often, in person, as opposed to digitally. He's like, it, it's, it's, the impact is there with this generation, and it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for Koji, but it's something you just have to deal with, right? It's not going anywhere. And I guess I never thought about it on that level. I always just thought, look, it's a distraction. You try to tell student-athletes 
at any college, at any sport, hey, you know, there's going to be some chatter on social media when it's good, when it's bad. Regardless, you got to try to look past it. Or I hadn't thought about sort of the communication part of it and how to how do players deal with it. Um, and as a result, how do they deal with one another and communicate as a team? I I just kind of thought of it more as, oh, you just got to tell them not to try to buy into certain stuff. But the other aspect of it, I it stood out to me. It was it was one thing in our conversation that I I took note of, and now I think of, now I'm thinking about it. Anytime I talk to a coach in college at any level in any sport, big series this weekend um, over in Mobile. Uh, Olivia Lackey's one of the best pitchers in the league, and uh, they've got South Alabama in first place, and. It's a big one, big series. Bottom of the hour when we come back. Jay and I don't have new TTTs today. Oh, it's a Hall of Fame day. Hall of Fame. We will induct our third member of the Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame. To go along with Black Lace, Agadoo, and Rebecca Black's Friday. Man, if only somebody could give a speech. Although if they did, they'd probably just mumble through it. Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame induction coming your way next. I'm Scott. That's Jay. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? It's Scott here to remind you that the NBA playoffs equals next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. An amazing deal, and you clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. It's a blast. You can buy multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, and the more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and do this. Use code 1420. That's code 1420 at DraftKings Sportsbook. One more time, guys, listen to my voice. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1420. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Gold Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com. And the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Welcome back. It's a great Sky Show on a Tuesday. Terrible Tune Tuesday, a Hall of Fame day. So, Jay, there was never any doubt that this one would be a Hall of Famer. I remember playing it for the first time, and you were kind of nodding your head back and forth, and then it got to a certain moment in the song and you spit your water out, or maybe it was coffee. It was a... 
Now, our mics weren't on, but you were laughing. This song that is that was, I remember the first time I heard it was during a Mets game because Jose Reyes used it as his walk-up music. And I remember thinking, like, that's, that's ridiculous. But I kind of forgot about it. Years passed. We started doing Terrible Tune Tuesday. I was researching songs one day, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the one that Reyes used to walk up to. It turned out there were a couple of other players as well. And this thing, it was a hit in the U.K., and in Scotland, and in Finland, and in Sweden for some reason. I don't know. And you may hear them occasionally play it over at Russo Park. I would like to think they were inspired by us, Jay. I, I don't think there's any question. Because before TTT, it was not played That, that is correct. That is something that Nick grabbed and said, okay, we're going to do this. And I, I'd sent him a few suggestions every now and then afterwards, but this was the one that he was, he was, I was like, I'll try, but this is the one, there was no suggestion, he just did it. And um, it became a viral video on YouTube. People use it for other songs too, like other, not, what I mean is like they'll use the song for other videos that they just make. So this song is from 2005. It is by a... Panamanian artist named Rodney Clark El Champo and Andres de la Cruz, also known as Andy's Val Gourmet. Not sure if that's how he pronounces the last name, but okay. From 2005, the genre of reggaeton. I'd like to formally introduce into the Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame, Chacaron Macaron. Yo, macaron, yeah, macaron, no, chacaron, 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 chacaron. Chagarun, 
happier oh absolutely is this your day going to be better now having listened to that there is song absolutely no question about it in its entirety chacaron macaron by rodney clark and andres de la cruz on terrible tune tuesday now the third inductee into the ttt hall of fame there's some no doubters for the ttt hall of fame and that's one of them that is correct Next time we induct one, it'll be Mr. Jay Walker's turn. We'll take a quick time, Matt, when we come back. I want to circle back to something I opened the show up with today, and that is the trend of how social media reacts when someone in the spotlight, or in this case, in the world of sports, passes away. A trend that I, I, I don't, I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. chronic joint pain like in your knees and hips it's time to think about an exciting new way to treat joint pain with biologic therapies regenerative solutions i'm talking about qc kinetics now available here lots of people here have called qc kinetics already they are the nation's leader in helping people deal with chronic pain with no surgery no drugs no steroids and no downtime these natural pain treatments can actually repair and restore damaged tissue in your joints with long-lasting results i'm telling you biologic solutions help your body heal itself if you have joint pain due to arthritis lower back pain shoulder pain you need to change the way you think about pain treatments and discover the biologic therapies at qc kinetics get moving again get your life back with no surgery and no drugs call qc kinetics now to learn more 337-243-4222 that's 337-243-4222 regenerative restorative real pain relief 337-243-4222 Are you tired of your yard not looking its best? Have you noticed that your garden's edges look bad? If you noticed, so did your neighbors. 
Gardening by Zach is a professional, local, affordable landscape company that's ready to make your neighbors jealous. It's time to ditch the ugly, rusty metal edges and let Gardening by Zach create clean and crisp concrete edges to help contain your mulch during our Louisiana spring showers. See everything they can do at GardeningByZach.com. That's GardeningByZach.com. And be sure to ask for your free estimate today. Searching for fun ways to spend your tax return? Boats for cats. Oh, flotation devices for cats. Don't waste it all on something silly. Spend smarter with Straight Talk. Get our Silver Unlimited plan for $45 a month with unlimited high-speed data and 5 gigs of hotspot data on the nation's largest, most dependable networks with nationwide 5G. If you're looking to get the most out of your refund, your search ends here. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z530M Z-Track mower. Jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. You're riding around, it's like going on a go-kart. And for Rodney, he uses his John Deere X350 lawn tractor to turn his yard into... A happy place. It's a great place to do Tai Chi. I work on my mind, body, and well-being. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. Ah, Easter. The season for pink grass and chocolate bunnies. But Walgreens knows it's also the jelly beans taste like what season? Or how many baskets is too many season? Let Walgreens fill your baskets fast with pickup in as little as 30 minutes and delivery in as little as one hour. Because if it's who hits an egg there season, it's Walgreens season. This week, select varieties of Easter jelly bean candy bags are two for $6. Offer valid through April 17th with my Walgreens restrictions apply and offer and pickup and delivery. See walgreens.com for details. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. Coulda, shoulda, and woulda. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. 
On a Tuesday, Jay Walker in the house. Busy time of year. Jay's been traveling quite a bit with Cajun baseball. They are scheduled to play tonight at home against McNeese, though, with weather in the forecast. Um, that may not be the case. They will host ULM at Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week for uh, the Easter weekend. Jay, before we get out of here, to you and your family, happy Easter, my friend. Happy Easter to you and Lizzie and the uh, and the Charons and to your uh, your mom and dad as well. Something sad happened over the weekend. Um, Dwayne Haskins died. He was 24 years old. He was struck by a, a dump truck. And, you know, death is, is common. And sadly, young people die every day, gone too soon. When it's someone in the spotlight, obviously, it, it draws a different kind of attention. Um, when he passed, Adam Schefter of ESPN initially sent out a tweet that said, Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State, before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. He would have turned 25 years old on May 3rd. It was it was insensitive. It had nothing to do with his passing, and Schefter deleted it. And yesterday, he um, he apologized and he eulogized him and he gave a tribute, and and that's that's fine. And what he what he did was was stupid and it was insensitive and i i don't disagree with people that say that i guess the trend jay that that i i find somewhat bothersome is when i guess on my timeline it's mainly sports so i see it when it's someone that dies young that's notable in the world of sports there's probably going to be one or two notable people that tweet something stupid Mm -hmm. suddenly all of the attention gets put on that and not the person that that actually passed away. Um, this is not, again, in any way a, a defense of Adam Schefter, who deleted it, apologized. I'm not even going to get into what Gil Brandt said. Stop giving that guy a microphone, Jesus. Um, but it's tragic. He passed away, and and I read some things about him that I didn't know. And I look, I he didn't play at UL or LSU. He played at Ohio State. He didn't get drafted by the Saints. He, you know, I, I don't, I don't know his story, but I learned things about Dwayne Haskins, the person, a little bit, um, and you know, some of his charity work and 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 you know, some things about his wife. And it definitely is sad that he's gone. Uh, but I, 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 w- I would hope that you would see more of the good stories being shared instead of the headline being what someone tweeted and deleted. And I just don't feel like this is like, uh, I don't feel like this is an exception. I feel like this has kind of become the norm on social media. And I I figure it's probably not going to go away. I don't know if people just need to direct emotion somewhere, but it's unfortunate because something like this, the next time a tragedy happens that involves someone in the world of sports, something like this is probably going to happen. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think that's part of the societal thing nowadays. You know, anytime somebody does something and, and they go, well, you know, that was pretty insensitive. There's another group that goes, oh, my God, Karen, you know, suck it up. You know, I, I just, I just think that we live basically in a hateful society today. It's my, that's my belief. We, we live in a hateful society that has gone so overboard when it comes to 
not allowing people to be sensitive. And because of that, you're going to get people who tweet stupid crap, whether it's in sports or something else, um, because that's just, that kind of fits in with society nowadays. I just think we live in a hateful society. Everyone that's piling on, I feel like is losing focus on the person who passed away. Yes. And that's... That's the unfortunate that's thing. That's the about story. This. Okay, Schefter, that's the story. Schefter, again, he apologized. It wasn't it wasn't sensitive. It wasn't insanely over the top. Certainly insensitive. Um and and I don't mind someone pointing out like, eh, this is kind of bad. But well, you, you know, then you then you, you start piling on and you put all this energy into it, and it's like, what about the person that died? Like, what about what this is about? Like, let's not lose let's not lose sight of that. Unfortunately, that's that's where we're at now, and the next time and, and it's when, gonna it's gonna happen again. And when people criticized Schefter for that, there's a, another maybe larger group of people saying, "Well, it was true, right? You know, well, I see. Gonna, you know. I didn't see anything wrong with that. You know, we just need to we just you know, folks just need to suck it up. And now, where is the focus? It's not on right. the deceased, unfortunately. Right. Uh, I just hate it. It's a trend that. You know, I wanted to get your perspective on it, and I uh, appreciate you sharing that. Rest in peace, thoughts and prayers, certainly, to his wife, to his family. And uh, that'll do it for The Great Scott Show. Tomorrow, going to visit with Andrew Lopez, ESPN reporter, covering the Pelicans, playing game tomorrow night. Jay, if you're ever going to – I know you don't watch the Pels, just tomorrow night. Win or go home. Stakes are high. Crowd will be electric. I hope they win. I'll be there. Watch it late you'll be up don't go anywhere dan patrick shows next on espn lafayette best ticket in sports morning, morning, morning.